2: You're listening to Beyond Black History Month. I'm your host, Femi Redwood. Game of Thrones was a whole movement for Black Twitter. Sunday nights on social media were dominated with the hashtags Thrones y'all or Dem Thrones. So when the new show came out, which apparently is titled House of the Dragon, not House of Dragons as Black folks had collectively been calling it. But anyway, when the new show came out, Black fans especially were excited to see Black Targaryens. Well, technically a Black family with roots in old Valeria, but the Targaryen cousins, the Sea Snakes, aka the House of Valerian. AKA the only family in Westeros that can wear box braids or locks and not get in trouble for cultural appropriation. As you know, Game of Thrones didn't really have any black characters, minus the enslaved people. So to have a black dragon family, this is big. However, much like the controversy over the Black Little Mermaid, some House of Dragon fans are not happy. They're upset that black actors are playing characters who were described as pale in the books. Yes, they were okay with giants, they were okay with ice zombies, they were okay with flying dragons, they were even okay with incest. But black characters, that's where they draw the line. That said, I am so excited to speak with Steve Toussaint. He's been getting the brunt of the online abuse. Steve plays Lord Corlys Velaryon, the wealthiest man in the round. Crabs will soon dine on all of us. Now, just a heads up, I have COVID, but the only time I could chat with Steve was during that five-day window where the CDC recommends you isolate from your entire household. So the interview was done in my bedroom with very high ceilings. Hence, the interview is going to sound hollow. It's just not going to sound like my typical production studio or even the hallway closet I'm in now. Good times. Love COVID. So Last week, the queer journalist had its convention. And I was just like, something is magical about my body. I can't get COVID. I've not gotten COVID this entire time. So you know what? I'm going to go to this convention. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm going to hug on people. It's going to be great. Apparently, my body is not a work of like, God, magical something. And I can get COVID. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I am obsessed with the show, obsessed with your character. But most of all, honestly, I am so excited to see Melanin on one of my favorite shows, as I'm sure you know. (laughs) Seriously, Game of Thrones had a major black following. Sunday nights. I don't know if you ever saw like the hashtags on Twitter. the like Thrones, y'all, Dem Thrones, which is now Dem Dragons. No. Oh, oh yeah. Black Twitter? Wow. We own Sunday nights. Yeah, it was a big thing. Okay. (laughs) If you want to know what Black Twitter thinks about the show, search Dem Dragons. Dem Dragons. what we're calling the new show? Dem Dragons.
0: Okay, got it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So how does it feel to be playing not just a Black character on this show, not just a character with these ties to old Valeria, but also the richest man in the Seven Kingdoms?
0: Actually, it's, yeah, it's really nice to... Be involved in such a juggernaut of a program, and to have a character that's got some substance and some depth and some nuance—that means you've got something to do, something to play. So yeah, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a ball at the moment. It's great.
2: What does your mom say about this? About the fact that you are playing this role?
0: To be honest, it's sort of gone over my mother's head. She's aware that there's a big fuss being made about me because. Her, her, her relatives will, say, will send her stuff and, and she'll say, uh, I mean, in fact, just the other day, now I've been acting for a long time and my mother called me, I mean, we speak you know, once or twice a week. And she called and said to me, hang on a second, what are you, are you an actor or a producer or a writer? And I was like, mom, I'm an actor, I've been an actor for years. And she's like, okay, because I keep hearing that all this stuff about you in the papers and what is it that you do? And I'm like, yeah, I'm acting, I'm in a, this big show. And she's like, okay, is it going well? I'm like, yes. So, <laughs> It's kind of passed her by, but funny enough, when I'm currently filming something at the moment, when I finish this and I come back home, she's coming to visit me from the Caribbean. She can be with me for about three weeks. So then she'll get a better idea. She'll get to see the show and then she can tell me what her thoughts are. Because I think she's like most mothers. She's just happy I'm doing something.
2: I'll tell you, if there's one thing about a Caribbean mom, they will humble you so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. quickly. Exactly. So obviously everyone has not been as excited as I am. What's your thoughts on the fact that a lot of Game of Thrones fans who complained about there being a Black actor, but are okay with having flying dragons, but they're not okay having this Black family. How does that sit with you?
0: Mm. I think, to be honest, family, I think it's not something that you can debate or argue logically. It's been interesting because I, this this came about, I was asked how my experience had been, and I told the truth. And then I got some people saying to me, stop looking for racism where it isn't. And I was kind of like, well, if you call me the N-word, I kind of think that's racist, Right. It's a different thing to reading a book and having a vision of how the character should be and then the actor doesn't embody that. That happens all the time. Ask Daniel Craig, you know, when he was Bond, it was like, we can't have a blonde Bond and so forth. So there is that aspect of it. You kind of go, okay, I get it. You read the book and you had this vision in your head. But when you decide that you're going to go out of your way to find my timeline to insult me or whatever it is, that's a different story. Now, I can't debate those people. I can't give those people the time of day because as I've said in the past, if there's a show that's on TV that I don't like, I just don't watch it. If there's an actor that I don't like, I just don't watch his or her work. I don't feel the need to broadcast the fact that I don't like it. Now, I've been lucky that that response, to me at least, has been a, very, has been a trickle, really. I've been, the majority of people have been overwhelmingly positive. In fact, I had one person contact me the other day saying, I initially wasn't happy about the casting because I saw it this way, but watching you has changed, changed my mind. So it's great. You know, some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. Whatever their reasons are, they're their reasons. I wish they would keep them to themselves or to their groups that they can all talk to amongst themselves. But I can't lose sleep over that, over worrying about things that are beyond my control. You know, you you put the work out there and you hope people like it. And if they don't, they don't.
2: Obviously you're not the first black actor to face these types of criticisms. Have any of your fellow black actors reached out and lent any type of support? I mean, I've had support
0: from just the acting community generally, yes. And a lot of my black friends who may not have been through it on this scale. You get the usual stuff that you get, which is kind of just ignore those people. It's not important and so forth. And it's true. It, It can be slightly different when you are the brunt of it because I was the one, as an observer, I saw some of the stuff that Idris, is a friend of mine, I saw what he got when he joined the MCU. I have a friend called Noma Demerswini, who is doing very well over in the States at the moment, I believe, but she initially was cast as Hermione in the stage version of Harry Potter. And so there was that. And of course there's John Boyega as a, as a stormtrooper. And then I'm very good friends with Lashana Lynch's brother. And he told me that she had to come off of social media so none of mine has been as bad as that. But yeah, some so people have reached out and sort of gone, don't worry about it, it will pass and so forth. And if you then rise to the provocation, maybe that's what they want. I don't know. And so I found so far, and it's pretty much against my nature because I'm quite confrontational, but it's I, I've been so far, I just thought, that's fine. I'm just gonna ignore it. It's not worth getting into a spat with some of these people. On an argument that you can't really, as somebody said, You can't argue somebody out of a position that they didn't argue themselves into. There is no logic to this thing that we call racism, bigotry, and so forth.
2: So tell us about Steve, besides the fact that you're confrontational, which, loving that. (laughs) The Brooklyn girl inside of me is like, yes, we love a confrontation. (laughs) I know you've been acting for a long time. While you may be new to US fans, you've been in this game for a minute. How did you even begin acting? Clearly, your mom was not paying attention when you began acting. No,
0: it's a... (laughs) It's an interesting interesting thing that when I was growing up, my mother would say to me, when you've got your, we had these several levels of uh, educational certificates, basically. So there were O-levels you did when you were about 15, which I guess is 10th grade in America. When you get those, you can do what you like. So I got some and she said, okay, I was kidding. When you get some A-levels, which is the next two years, then you can do what you like. So then I got my A-levels and then she said, I was kidding. When you get a degree, you can do what you want. So I went to university and I got a degree. And then when I came back, I said, um, the thing, I'm gonna think I'm gonna try this acting thing. She was kind of like rats, damn, there was nothing else. So while I was at university studying politics and African history, someone offered me a play. And he, he said to me, he said, look, this play is about this guy. He's a real fraud, he's a con man. He thinks he's God's gift to women. It's perfect for you. And so I was like, oh, thank you, I think. <laughs> But I did it, I did the play, I enjoyed it. And so when I came out of university, I didn't know any actors, nobody, I didn't know any actors who lived near me. So I didn't think it was something for me until the actor Gary Oldman came to the fore. And Gary Oldman, I didn't know him, but he grew up in my neighborhood. And so suddenly here was this man who was in these movies and he was from where we grew up and we were like, oh, wow. If he can do it, maybe we can. And so then I started doing evening classes and so forth and auditioning, been very lucky ever since.
2: So tell me then about that moment where you knew, oh my God, I've made it. What did that moment feel like? When was that moment? Do you even feel like you made it?
0: Yeah, I don't think that I have. I'm not quite sure what making it looks like, what it means. I mean, I I, I look uh, at the at big Hollywood stars and people like that and I go, that's it, you know. My friends like Idris and Chiwetel and your, your Tom Hanks' and your Tom Cruise's, they've made it, but I don't see, i am still got a way to go yet. I still feel like this could, whatever I've made so far could all go away. Episode six of this show could come out and people suddenly look and go, Oh hang about. He's not very good at all. Let's get him out. So, <laughs> so I still have that slight, uh, I'm still striving, but yes, it's nicer. It's better today than it was yesterday. It's nice to be where I am now. I'm still looking for that thing that, so I can suddenly exhale and be like, right. okay, I'm secure. I don't. I'm not there yet. Right.
2: What's next for you? I know you're working on a project right now.
0: Okay, so just after we finished wrapping Dragon, I did a small part in a low-budget independent movie called Gassed Up, which I think is going to be on Amazon around Christmas time. It's about these young boys who basically ride around on scooters, mopeds and steal. And I'm playing the mentor figure or the leader of that gang. I'm basically sort of going, this is the wrong way to go and so forth. So I'm doing that. This that I'm shooting at the moment in Belgium is a second series of a show we did called Before We Die, which is a thriller, a crime thriller. And also pushing some stuff that I've written. I wrote something that we've got with a broadcaster and we're hoping that we'll get a positive response.
2: Can you tell me about that or is that top, top secret?
0: No, no, I can tell you a little bit. A little while ago, I wrote a short film about a black guy, me, (laughs) who is on the verge of becoming the leader of his political party, the first black leader of a political party here in the UK. But suddenly things from his past come up to scupper his chances because he didn't come through the conventional means. He came through street politics. And so something terrible happened when he was young, that he's been running from. And it suddenly come back, read really his ugly head and it could scupper his chances and ruin his marriage.
2: Wow. Congratulations. I've had a dream forever to be one of those journalists that appear in law and order. That has clearly not happened. So if you need a journalist to appear in your show, I will be the journalist that would be like, what happened? Should you take accountability? That'll be me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you are top of the list right now. Awesome. Okay? Awesome. Love, you it, love
2: it. <laughs> Love it. And I would like a lot of money for this role. I don't want extra pay. I want a lot of money. Absolutely. Perfect. I have a second job. Love it. Let's go back to Game of Thrones. In a different interview, you said that the Battle of the Bastards was your favorite Game of Thrones episode. Yes. Why?
0: The first time I watched it, I just thought it was amazing because you actually felt like you were in the battle and you could feel the struggle and you were well, I was gasping for air as it was happening. When I watched it again, when I got the gig, they lent me a box set. So I watched the whole season. And when I got to that again, I then was taken by the artistry. There's that shot, the, the iconic shot behind Jon Snow, when he pulls his sword out and the horses are coming towards him. And it's just magnificent. And then the aerial shots of, the, of him in the middle of the fighting, I just think it's a masterpiece, actually. I just think it's extraordinary. I don't, I don't know how you could better film a battle than that.
2: But a couple of episodes ago, you had your own battle scene. How was shooting that?
0: Uh, It was fun, exhausting, because initially, you know, what happens, of course, is that stunt guys will film one of them doing the moves they want you to do. And then you go into a space with them and for weeks you practice these moves with this big weapon that they gave me. By the end of the time, you feel, yeah, I'm looking good. I look kind of sexy and this, this will be good. This will get me another job. And then when you get onto the set, the stuntmen don't come at you in one at a light, one at a time, like they did in the rehearsal. They start coming at you from all over. And so what happens is what started off as you going, hmm, hmm, I'm trying to look good, ends up going, stop it, stop it. <laughs> so <laughs> I've seen the episode and I can tell you that the director, Greg Yutanas, And Rowley, our stunt coordinator, along with the stunt guys, did a fantastic job because I looked pathetic when we were shooting it, (laughs) but somehow they made me look good.
2: Okay, people at home, I want to pause the interview for a second because you can't see what he's doing, but trust me when I say it's hilarious. So at the end of this episode, go into the episode description and you will see a link to the video. You can watch it there. So I'm internally in their debt. Okay, so I am a wig expert. Okay. We gotta talk about the wigs. <laughs> and I love me some HBO. So this is no shade to HBO. The wardrobe, the hair, I all of these people, I am amazed at how everyone can come together and create this amazing, beautiful show that really pulls you in. But we gotta talk about the wigs.
0: Okay. Go ahead. I mean- Um, Tell me what you feel.
2: (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) I can also be flown out for the next season. I can also be be your wig expert. Um, I won't even charge for my services. I will, however, steal the wigs and sell it on the black market after the season ends. (laughs) I mean, the wigs. Has anyone on set mentioned the wigs? Cause we've been having a field day on social media talking about these wigs.
0: Um, well, no, not really. Okay, so the wigs that I wear, I wear two very subtle wigs. It, it, not subtle wigs, they're Yeah, awesome. Like
2: subtle. Right. That,
0: that's not right. They're subtly different. The wig that I wear in the first five episodes is different to the one I wear in the next five, but it's very subtle difference because ten years have passed. Now I I like them. When I put that on, I was like, yeah, I <laughs> I could wear this home. I personally haven't heard anybody, well, no, one or two people have made not the most uh, positive comments about my wig, but generally I've come out unscathed. A couple of other characters I've heard things about, I, I like them, I think they're, I, it makes sense to me. Okay. When I see them, but I have, <laughs> I'm gonna go on Dem Dragon and I'm gonna examine this more.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: But that's, that's very interesting that that's a topic.
2: (laughs) So I almost know you're not going to be able to tell me anything, but I'm going to ask anyway, what spoilers can you tell us?
0: Things don't get any better for King Viserys. I can tell you that much. When you watch the show, there is someone that you feel that Rhaenyra should be with. She will be with that person. That's as much as I can say.
2: Ooh, and now I'm thinking, okay, it couldn't have been the traitor Kingsguard because while we used to hope for him, no, he doesn't deserve her. He doesn't deserve her. It can't be Damon because he's just a little cray cray. (laughs) Who else could it be?
0: Ooh. I'm not saying anything.
2: Now, why did you do this to me? I have to work (laughs) later today and you have completely screwed up my work day.
0: There you go. And when it happens, you'll be like, That's what he meant. I see.
2: (laughs) Awesome. I'm excited for that. So i want to end this episode with sharing with you my favorite tweet that I saw on social media. So we're going back to that last episode, the episode for the wedding celebrations and your house comes in and everyone is wearing just beautiful regal gold colors. You looked amazing. Someone said the house of Valerian was drip or drown because you all were dripped down.
0: Yeah, that that's good. I wish I'd seen that. Yeah, that's that was exactly what we wanted. That was the idea of the whole thing, man, is that they we are rich. We want you to know that we're rich. We're richer than all of you, and this is how we look. This is how we roll. Yeah, I'm glad. Love it. Listen. I should have that in a badge or something. <laughs>
2: We love a boastful moment. We were here for it. Mm. It gave us life. Good, good. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with me. Please look out for an email. Uh, i it, obviously, to your team. But as soon as it comes out saying who the princess is with, I will email you my thoughts. Because you can also bring me on to be also a consultant on the show, a <laughs> writer, all of my services. OK,
0: fantastic. Yeah. You're going to be very busy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks so much for listening. you can watch House of the Dragon Sunday nights on HBO Max. Beyond Black History Month is a special production of 1010 wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Special thanks to producers Dempsey Pillot and Jill Webb. Andy Egan Thorpe is our audio engineer. Tim shout is the WCBS News Radio 880 brand manager. Ben Meverack is the 1010 Wins brand manager and I'm Fami Redwood thanks for listening.